CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Your Money and Your Life podcast with Don Cash, CPA and CFP at Donald W. Cash & Associates serving you here in the area from his office in Red Bank. You can find Don online at donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. You can also just give him a jingle at 800-664-1183 if you've got some questions or concerns and would like to come in and have a conversation about your own retirement situation, your own finances, give Don a jingle at 800-664-1183. And that's what we do here on the show. We talk about the worlds of investing, finance, and retirement with Don. And how are you, my friend? You doing all right this week? I'm good, Mark. Uh, we're looking forward to the end of the school year with the kids and on our way for our annual family trip. So oh. that's going to be fun. I, you know, I joked last time, I guess a few months ago, that going away with the family, as much as I love it, it's a trip. <laughs> it's not a vacation. It's a trip. It's a joke. I yeah. mean, going away with my wife and, and only my wife is truly a a vacation going away with the, the kids is a trip but believe me i i love it i cherish the days as you know the kids are getting older i look at pictures on my desk when they were much younger and i say where did the time go and yeah um, oh yeah we're looking looking forward to it any destination on the horizon already or still up in the air well, yeah, it's uh, each year we go to a, a place that we stay um, on the west coast of Florida, Siesta Key, which I mentioned. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, a few a few times. Yep. And uh, we drive down with uh, with the family, with the kids, and uh, you know we've been doing the same thing for many many years, so we know the route well. We stay in the same place along the way in Savannah, Georgia. That's sort of our midway point, mm-hmm. and. It's a good way to uh, see a lot of the country, and the particularly on the East Coast, we've made a lot of stops in historic places along the way. Whether it be, you know, Williamsburg or uh, Fort Sumter in in Charleston or Savannah, St. Augustine, it's it's a cool way to see history, learn a lot, and to uh, enjoy time with the family. Well, very cool. I hope you guys do enjoy that trip. And for now, let's go ahead and turn our attention to our podcast topics this week. And, you know, I thought, why not just go ahead and talk about this new term, this new buzzword that it's it's not new now, but it's been permeating our our society for a while now. And that's fake news. We kind of can't get away from it. It seems it's become synonymous, obviously, with the political climate. But it's also spread its way into other things as well. You know, some people will joke if you have a sports team that's your favorite team and you hate another team and your rivals in your conference, you might say, well, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And you say, well, that's fake news because they're not going to get there or whatever. So I thought, <laughs> well, hey, let's talk about fake news in the financial space as well. And some of these could be impacting your finances. So let's take a look at some of these headlines and see if they might qualify to be labeled as fake news. I got uh, two or three here for you, Don. So uh, you might hear Social Security going broke or the crash of the dollar is imminent by gold now, or maybe a market crash is coming soon. Well, I'll tell you, these are all I've uh, I've heard all of these many, many times over the years and continue to see them today. So Let's just touch on a couple of them. Sure. The crash of the dollar is imminent by gold. That This is something that was actually more popular, I want to say, um, uh, five or ten years ago. And I remember many stories of people wanting to get out of the stock market and buy gold because gold was going up, up, up. It was going to hit $2,000 an ounce or $5,000 an ounce. You know, and now uh, I think as of the last time I've looked, it's um, $1,300 an ounce, a little bit more. 
and not much more than it was seven or eight years ago. So if someone did that, they would have been very frustrated and missed out on a large stock market move upward. So the crash of the dollar is imminent by gold now. It's It kind of comes and goes. It was also popular in the um, early 1980s. But it's something that tends to, you know, pop up and then kind of diminish you. You can tell by the the commercials. You don't see as many of these commercials about buying gold coins as you did five or, or more years ago. In a market crash coming soon, you know, we're going to have market corrections along the way. If you have 30 years or more to retire, there's going to be volatility in the market. It's going to be going up and down. Even 10 years ago when the market crashed, it was down uh, almost 50% at one point. But if you're properly diversified and you have a good allocation, you shouldn't be down as much as the market is down. But markets will go up and down and the market crashing, I guess people have different definitions of crashes. Right. Yep. But the market will go up and down during the next 30 years or however long you have to retire. The Social Security going broke, that's one that I see or I hear about probably as frequently as any others. And that has an impact on everyone. So let's just you know touch on that one for a moment. So this is why, from my perspective, I don't think it's likely to go broke. And in fact, this is something that uh, I wrote about recently in my newsletter that came out, I think it was June 1st. So if you want to go on my website, and you can pull it up uh, along with many of the other articles that are on the website. There's several things that can be done to the Social Security system. And a little overview, again, with Social Security, it's an income stream that you get paid by the government, and it's uh, predicated on your 35 highest earning years of working. You could start collecting Social Security income at age 62, and you could wait as long as age 70, and you'll get a bigger payout. So... You're, you're getting your Social Security based upon your work record. If you're married, there's also a benefit depending upon how long you're married. And it's not very long. It's about a year to get a Social Security benefit on your spouse's work record or a divorced person can get it on their ex-spouse's work record. So here are the things that can be done to solidify the Social Security system. And if you read articles on Social Security. They talk about the system having to make some changes by the year 2034, 2035, where it won't pay out all of the benefits. So even from the Social Security um, trustees report and the information they mail you on your own personal Social Security record, they don't talk about the system going bust, but about some changes that need to be made. So some of the common things that are talked about or the most substantial things I, I say that should say that they address with Social Security is simply raising the retirement age mark beyond age 67. Mm-hmm, so if you were born right. after 1960, that is your retirement age, 67. So that's likely going to be raised, whether it's going to be eventually to age 70 or 72 or you know, an older age, it's likely to be adjusted, but it's not going to be adjusted for, I don't think it would be adjusted for people who are 50 or 55 or 60 right now. That would be really pulling the rug out from underneath you when it comes to planning. So likely it wouldn't occur to people who are close to retirement age. 
The other thing they talk about is raising what they call the Social Security payroll tax cap. So after your income hits $132,900, why they picked that number exactly, I don't know, but <laughs> that's the government, $132,900, you don't pay any more Social Security taxes. So they could change that. They could raise they could raise the actual tax beyond just raising that ceiling I referred to. They could raise the tax to 7% or 8% of your income. They could reduce future benefits. And the one way I think they may do that in the future for people either currently collecting or close to collecting, it's a little sneaky, it's more of a stealth correction or an adjustment, is not giving the recipient as much of a cost of living increase. So if, let's say, the inflation rate in the economy is 3%, they may only give a 2%, let's say, cost of living increase. And that does make a fairly substantial adjustment to benefits over time. The other thing they talked about years ago, which I don't know if it's ever going to come back, is allowing you to invest some of your own money Social Security money into the stock market, into a personal retirement account. That really died a hard death about, oh gosh, it's got to be 15 years ago or so now when that was suggested by the George W. Bush administration. So that's another adjustment that could be made. I don't see that really being on the horizon. I think the major issue with entitlements, though, Mark, is it's not as much Social Security, it's Medicare. And that is uh, where I think we're going to see some more substantial changes because that is where there's an open-ended risk for the government. Once someone hits age 65 and they are entitled to Medicare, they purchase a supplemental plan. It's a modest cost. There's prescription drug coverage as well, which is also a very modest out-of-pocket expense for the recipient. So that is something I could see some real changes occurring when it comes to the health benefits on the side of Medicare for many recipients. You know, last episode, we discussed things that can hurt you in retirement. And the, it's, it's really, we kind of uh, categorized it as the things that you don't know that you don't know, right? There's the things that you know, things that you know you don't know, and the things that you don't even know you don't know. <laughs> right, and, right. And that, yeah, that brings to mind something I've been reading about a lot over the past 10 years or so. And that's, it's come up again, but it's something I find that, you know, I'm reading about, but I, I just don't see it too often in the news. And well, that brings up a rhetorical question, right? So here's the question. If a tree falls in the woods and no one is there to hear it, does it make a sound? Yeah. And I think nowadays somebody would say, well, no, so it's fake news, <laughs> but who knows, right? <laughs> Right. So, you know, here's the question. We have fake news, but no news sometimes is worse than even the fake news. And it got Very me thinking true, yeah. about living in New Jersey, in particular, this New Jersey pension fund crisis. And, you know, crisis is a heavy word, but when it comes to the New Jersey pension fund issue, the term crisis is, is not my word. It's what the president, New Jersey state Senate President Steve Sweeney mentioned last week 
when he was addressing this issue, he said very directly, the pension system is in a crisis. And this was only a few days ago. So here's the issue. And it's something, again, I'm not seeing too much written about. It's certainly in the back of the minds of many people who are either getting a pension from the state of New Jersey or will be. So I'm not saying that it's not being discussed, but I'm not reading too much about it. Here are the the bullet point issues. There's really too many promises that have been made that are generous to people retiring at young ages. They could be retired for 40 years. So there are many people that retire at 55 even, Mark, that could be alive for 40 years. They could have a much longer retirement than a working career. And they've been promised very rich benefits, particularly if they started when they were 22 or 25 years old. Something people do know, I find, is that there have been too little payments made from the state treasury into the pension fund. And this goes back many years, at least 20 years or more. Every governor has been promising funding the pension payments into the pension fund, but there have been too few payments in some years, very little or no payments made. There's been bad investment returns, which is hurting the pension fund, and people are simply living longer and longer. This gets back to the issue we had previously on Social Security. And same issue I mentioned with Medicare, the health benefit issue is even worse, meaning that many retirees that are state workers, and these are typically teachers, hardworking teachers, firemen, police officers, public municipal workers, are promised free health insurance for life for themselves and their spouses. And that is something that is likely, I think, to change first. So there was an article I read in the Wall Street Journal over the weekend that mentioned that the pension funding, Mark, is so bad that it's projected to run out of money completely within 10 years. Thanks. Yeah, that's not good. Not good at all. And if a recession hits, it may run out of money in four years. So this is... This is getting to be into the category of, I would say, dire. I would agree. So here's the proposal. This is what they're proposing to do. One, change to a 401k type system for new workers, except for police and firemen. Add more funding to the pensions. That's something that they've neglected to do sufficiently over the years. So that's something that's a, a pretty obvious fix. I'm not sure exactly how they're going to do that because each year it seems they struggle simply to balance the budget, but it's something that needs to be done and increase the retirement age. Okay. For new workers past the retirement age that, that exists currently with a contract. So here's what I see you know, this is my look at this from my perspective that I see is likely to change in this order. First, I really think they're going to take a hard look at reducing the health benefits for retirees, Mark, simply because when people 
reach age 65, they can opt into Medicare, and that would save the pension funds a substantial amount of money. And by the way, New Jersey is not alone with this issue. It affects many different states, California, Illinois. Recently, they made some changes to the pension and retirement health insurance funds in Rhode Island and Maine. So this is something that's affecting many, many states. I mentioned they're going to increase the retirement age. So that is likely to go up to something like 65 or 67 to coordinate with the Social Security age. Employees nearing retirement may get a lump sum mark like we see with corporations. So they might be saying, well, instead of a pension, we will give you this lump sum dollar amount that you could roll into your IRA and manage yourself. And pensions may be reduced as a last resort. But again, much like Social Security, it doesn't seem like there's any appetite to reduce the pensions for current retirees, but there's certainly a big push for a change for new workers. It's really going to be a question of what happens to those people in their 40s and 50s now that are going to be retiring within the next 10 to 20 years. I think that's where they're going to have to figure out exactly what to do and what changes to make. So these are some things that I'm seeing, some things I'm reading about, and some changes that I see may occur with the New Jersey pension fund, as well as the retirees' health insurance. Well, Don, if people have questions about this, they have some concerns or worries, you know, as part of the process, when they come in and sit down with you, do you kind of go through all of these facets? What does it look like for folks who do come in to sit down with you? Well, when people call in and we set up a time to speak, we're going to be going through what your goals, what your ambitions are in your life. When you project that you would like to retire, I'll give you my thoughts on whether that's realistic or not, or maybe you can retire early. How does that sound? Many people are surprised to to know that once we crunch the numbers and people may be thinking, well, I'm going to be retiring when I'm 65 or 68, and we look closely at the numbers, maybe they could retire now or much sooner than they thought. So we're going to get things put together. I think a lot of the the beginning, the starting meetings are centered around goals and ambitions and co-designing a plan together, putting a plan of action together and making sure that all the ducks are in a row, that we have the major risks addressed, that we talk about the things that you know, the things that you know that you don't know, and we're going to go through some of the things that you don't know that you don't know and make sure that, again, we have a plan put in place that's personal, that you feel good about, that is clear and simple, and it's something that we can stick to. Well, if you'd like to take advantage or have that conversation, you can simply call 800-664-1183. That's 800-664-1183 to get yourself onto the calendar to come in and talk with Don about some of this stuff. And of course, uh, if you're listening to us on uh, on the podcast, if you've not subscribed, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, whatever platform of choice it is that you use. Also, you could share that as well with folks who you think might benefit. And you can find us online at donaldcash.com as well. 
That's donaldcash.com. And as we get ready to wrap up the program for this week, I want to uh, do our cash connection where we take an email question that has come into the show. And of course, that is at donaldcash.com. And this one is from Jim in Summit. And Jim says, I'm 67, Don, so I've reached full retirement age for Social Security, but I don't have plans to retire anytime soon. Should I go ahead and start my Social Security now or just wait until I finally am done working? Well, that's a good question. Now, just as uh, getting back to the Social Security refresher, at 67, you do have options. Okay, at 67, you can collect on your full retirement benefit. In this case, maybe a little bit earlier than 67 if he's retiring at full retirement age this year, but he can collect his full retirement benefit, continue to work. There's no penalty for working if you've reached the full retirement age. There is a penalty for working if you're younger than full retirement age, let's say age 62 or 63 or 64, or 65, but he can continue to work and collect social security. So it's not a, you know, there's a lot of variables when it comes to answering a question like this. And the variables are going to be, what's his health? I'm assuming he's in good health because he's 60, 70, and he wants to re- continue to work and doesn't have any plans to retire. So health is a consideration. Marriage is also a consideration because there are some marital benefits that we discussed uh, previously. So at this age, 67, I think what there's more information that's needed. One is what's the expenditure list look like, or some people would call it a budget. What's the working income look like? And if Jim does wait until he's 70, let's compare the cash flow over his life expectancy at 70 versus to taking it early at 67. So we'll sit down, we'll talk about these issues, we'll run some of the numbers, we'll talk about what his spouse is likely to collect if if Jim passed away early. So there's no one simple answer on something like this, but it requires learning more about the person, sitting down, doing an analysis, crunching some numbers, and finding out which solution works best for Jim. So it may be taking the money now and you know maybe using that money to fund a nice vacation or waiting a few years, deferring to age 70, and getting a a bigger payout at that point. So at this point, no hard and fast answer to that question. It requires a little bit more analysis, Mark. Well, Jim, thank you so much for submitting that, my friend. We certainly appreciate it. And good luck with your continued working years. And hey, work as long as you're enjoying yourself. That's what I always say. But we're going to wrap up our podcast this week. And Donna, thank you for your time as always. You've been listening to Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash, CPA and CFP Certified Financial Planner at Donald W. Cash & Associates with his office in Red Bank. Don't forget to find us online at donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. Or give him a jingle. If you have questions or concerns before you take action, we always stress to make sure you check with a qualified professional like Donald Cash. 800-664-1183. 800-664-1183. Until next time, Don, my friend, have yourself a great week. Thanks, Mark. I'll see you when I get back from vacation. Enjoy yourself, and I'll talk to you then here on Your Money and Your Life. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.